live, and uh, of course we uh, we have uh, the Martins uh, visiting their children's place of birth. Uh, they'll be uh, visiting uh, two cities that their two or three, three of the cities three. that their four children uh, were born in, and uh, encourage you to watch the Cocologist on Instagram and like as many of those. Posts as you can. We're in lesson 61, which I wish I could say is the last lesson in this. It's been a little over a year, and you look older than when we started, Todd. I just want you to know that. Uh, well, but it's a good you. thing. It's a good thing. Um, but yeah, we will have one more lesson, and we will not have a lesson next week. Um, we're going to take two weeks in order for us to go through literally 61 lessons and go back through. And look at your uh, material, look at the study guide, and write down anything that you found. How has this changed? What did you find? Where? What other references are there other than the Torah? Is the Torah an appropriate guide for life for us as Gentiles? And if that's the case, great. Um, but we will finish up uh, the Apostolic Scriptures tonight. Unless uh, we have to cross something that just... Uh, Wildly. No, you mean like so, something within the next, the 18 chapters? 18, 22 chapters of Revelation? Well, we did 1 through 4 already. Um, we did uh, 1 through 3, which was the, the churches last week. Gotcha. The seven churches were in chapter 3. And we pick up with chapter 4. And somewhere in the next. 4 through 22. <laughs> there it is. So let's find something weird tonight. Then, you know, we'll take two weeks and uh, we'll come back and close this out. Uh, then we'll take a little break and uh, see what our timing is. I think we might have another uh, class on song, which would be cool if we can fit that in. And I know that uh, sometime before we get to uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah, Joshua's got a thing that he's put together with Juliana, so we'll look at that. But uh, it should be a nice relaxing summer, and of course we normally take uh, time off for, for stuff like that. Um, before we get started, I'm going to ask you all to pray for my mother-in-law. Um, most of you know she had a stroke about uh, two months ago. And uh, she seemed to be making some dramatic progress as she went through uh, the rehab and actually started walking with a cane, with a walker and then walking with a cane. And uh, she began to swallow again and uh, the aphasia on her left side started, um, started to go away. Um, so at that point, the rehab place said, okay, she's good to go. You know, we've gone as far as we can bring her to our facility. Um, time for you to go home, find another rehab place that deals with more long-term. Uh, so my father-in-law had heard it take about a year to recover completely. Uh, unfortunately, she got home and uh, she can now can no longer swallow. Uh, she can no longer walk with, uh, with uh, the cane and really just wants to sleep all day. Uh, so in effect, as she's going downhill, um, God bless you, she's... Uh, She's gotten to the point now where if she doesn't get out of bed, if she doesn't do this rehab, she will die. Yeah. And she will die much sooner than she uh, would necessarily need to. So, uh, Alan and I have to go down there in uh, uh, two weeks. Memorial Day weekend, we're going to drive down um, just to spend time, not with so much with uh, Kathy, but with uh, my father-in-law, because uh, he's pretty much worked. So, uh, so. Yeah. Um, so if you'll pray for him, pray for her, um, 
that's a that's a heavy load and now they've been home for a week now yeah and in one week he's physically and mentally exhausted so yeah something's gonna give and uh i don't know last i heard she was home now i didn't realize yeah but yeah as soon as she went home there just kind of kind of went downhill from there unfortunately so okay uh thanks for prayers there so we're in revelation 4 and uh, I thought Ezekiel and Isaiah were some pretty cool things to read if you hadn't seen before. Uh, so I guess the, the question, um, you know, to just kind of get us started here, is that uh, in Revelation chapter 4, you've got this description of these weird creatures. Uh, and I know if, uh, if you're praying... Shakari? Uh, yeah. Um, we talk about... Chayot. Yeah, the Chayot and the Seraphim and the Ophanim and all these guys. And uh, Chayot is literally living creatures. That's what it means. Kayot. Living ones. From Chayot, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's quite a quite a thing. And living creatures is exactly what uh, Ezekiel 1 calls these guys. And then uh, same kind of thing. Um, similar in description in Isaiah chapter 6. So, um, what I found amazing as I read through this book, Revelation and these passages here, is I love science fiction, superhero movies. I've seen bit by everything that man can pull out of their imaginations. I have trouble visualizing. This. Like, yeah. this is so way out there that it's hard for me to imagine what this looks like. Well, that's because it's CGI, and I know you don't like CGI, and that's the, that's the problem there. Um, I was always more stop and go motion. Yeah, claymation. So, <laughs> so how, how would you just how would you describe this thing, this living creature? Give me some. Here we go. Which uh, so where where did you want to start? Either one. I mean, all all three seem to have a similarity. Whether yeah. you're in Revelation, Ezekiel, or Isaiah, give me something. What do you see? You close your eyes. Wings. A whole bunch of wings. How many yeah, wings you got? A lot of eyes. How many wings? Six. Six wings, right? I think. At least in one place you read there, you know, two to fly with, two to cover the face, two to cover their feet. Yeah. Right? So that's weird. A lot of faces. A lot of eyes, you said. A lot of, a lot of heads. How many heads? Um, well, one of them has seven heads. Is it seven heads? One of them does. Well, we've got four but faces. Maybe way farther in. Yeah, I think it's the different creatures. Just right in the beginning. It's the four faces. It's the yeah. ram or the... Yeah, lion, yeah, look at a man, man and a bear? calf or a bear yeah. and a, you know, lion, ox, man and an eagle. What does the face of an eagle look like? Scary on it's the mad. side of a guy's head, as if it's in flight. So, so are we picturing yeah. one kind of head with like four sides, or like four neck and heads coming yeah, out? Man. That's I, I've heard a really good explanation from Josh Peck about uh, multi-dimensional trying to see something that's multi-dimensional from a three-dimensional point of view and that it would be this this kind of concept you just, yeah this, this would be so hard to almost describe. one head it looks like easier to or? think of that way um, or maybe one so that well changes in time or something like that because I mean yeah, you got fourth dimension and it talks about things touching each other with the other creatures. So if it's doing that, how can they fly or anything? Or how can the wings 
function. Yeah, and I then think it, it's like kind of a beast. Kind of like if you imagine some kind of folded space or something, and seeing something that's in this, you know, greater dimension. But so just a real quick way of thinking about it: um, if you have a, if you live in a two-dimensional world, a sheet of paper, and I have one hand, but I put two fingers down on the paper, the beings in the two-dimensional world they see two objects, but I'm one object. So that's just a real quick thought mm. of how something in a higher dimension could be seen as lots of things and maybe yeah. changing or difficult to see what it's like. So since you've spent so much time, you know, doing the paper mache thing on, on what this looks like, I, I just wonder, what's your conclusion on what we should draw from John, Ezekiel, and Isaiah? Anybody? We should not. <laughs> not. Is that true? It's all inspiring. I think it's. it's the I think God is awesome. Is the uh, okay? It's the result because this way it's done in the in the prayers is the same idea. Right. The, these creatures were not meant to draw our attention to them. Correct. They were meant to go. Whoa! These crazy looking beings are worshiping God, so they're intentionally their entire existence is devoted to acknowledging that He's greater than they are. Good. Good. More. Give some more. I, I got two points I think that we're supposed to get from this. It's more like an unfathomable Okay. I, I'll agree with that. I think we're supposed to learn that these guys are out of this world. Right. This is not from here. I don't think we're, we're meant to right? be able to visualize or be able to say, I know this is like based off their description. It's, it's unfathomable. Yes. I think, I think this is as good as you can get. These three yeah. guys saw glimpses, but out of this world. So... From this, we learn that God and some of his creatures are transcendent, right? They're beyond our comprehension. They're beyond this world. They're in another dimension of additional dimensions or whatever the case may be. They're not as limited in their dimensions as we are. Absolutely, yeah. So that's one thing. And and their spirit probably still well in those dimensions, but we can't function in those dimensions, and and they can. So that's, that's one. What's the other? It seems like they're presence or the, the description of them kind of heralds the end uh, in a sense you know the the description that we have I mean the one, one reason why we have it is to know what to look for I'm going to argue with you there because I'm going to go to I'm going to go further into the into his vision on that I think I think you're mixing two together okay okay I would say it, it does tell us something but I don't know that it's about the end at this point. So bear with me on that. I, what was your idea around why it was something before? Well, you know how like the, so much revelation is, is very descriptive about like all of these things that are taking place and the timing of it. Yes. And so the creatures are, are uh, yet another uh, Is that you to put together your timeline? But where, who gets to see these creatures? If it's a sign, who gets to see these this creature, these creatures, are, I don't know if it's singular or plural, there's, they are living creatures, it's always plural, but there seems to be only like one entity. Yeah. Right? But my point is, saints? Well, where are those saints that see this creature, if they, in fact, they do? Here? No. 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 So I don't know that they're a harbinger of what's to come. So I saw the Lord's signal 
throne high and lifted up, mm. not around us. That's Isaiah 6, right? Almost more like it's a indication of place. Yes! Not, it's not time, it's place, right? So this is, in the very beginning of this apocalypse, or this revelation, or this unveiling, or uncovering, this is John's way of recognizing, it ain't in Kansas anymore, Toto. <laughs> this, he realizes, to your point, the dimensions are different. Something's odd. These guys don't do anything but glorify God. How does that work? Don't they eat? Don't they? What's up with that? How many heads do they have? Are they heads or faces? Or, I can't even really describe. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not where I normally am. I'm reminded of a line that Paul describes about one who was caught up to the third heaven, right? So we've got the sky above us. We've got the heavens uh, where, you know, in space. And then we've got a third heaven, which would be the place or the abode of God. And Paul talks about, you know, this guy. I know he's in the, in the spirit or not in the spirit, in the body, not in the body. I'm not sure. But he went there. Given a third slot in the flesh so he would be too proud about it. Same kind of thing here with John. Does that make sense? It does, but like to, to answer, how, how would you answer your own question? Like who does get to see these? I think the only person that gets to see the, this, these creatures are those that are in that place, whether in the body or in the spirit. Those are the only people that can see. These, these creatures are not here and never were intended to be here and never will be here. They are around the throne of God. And it is a, it is a bellwether that you've entered the holy place. The holy place. That's, okay. that's, I think, where John is trying to come from. I may be wrong, but that's, that's where I come from. Because the sequencing of timing, as you pointed out, what happens? When does it happen? Where does it happen? Is it the earth? Is it the, uh, is it the seas? Is it the air? Is it the wood? Or, you know, that's all here. This is all being poured out on the earth, and there's things happening on the earth. So I think that this description of these creatures is, to make it clear, John is looking down on the earth now because he is in the holy place with, with the Holy One. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. One of my favorite things that I've heard someone say about these creatures, they're covered with eyes. Yeah, and that's what Isaac was saying. So they're, they're before the throne and they're seeing. And I like this idea. I'm not sure if it's accurate, but um, they're declaring holy, holy, holy. Could be that they're constantly getting new, deeper, and deeper revelation of God be. standing sure. before his throne. Yeah. And, uh, I can see that. And just declaring praise because they're receiving more and more. Yeah, it could be not receiving more and more. I mean, it's continuous. But rather that, yeah, they they actually... Gee, they... They actually perceive in the truest sense the holiness of the Holy One. But and also, their eyes give them the ability to reveal to see that. Since they're saying, "Holy, holy, holy," I also wonder if they are a boundary for anyone coming in to God's presence or God's that, throne. That would be the sense on the sign, almost like right? the angel at the Garden of Eden or sure. something. Like, yeah, but that would be the sense in, on Mount Sinai, where Moses was told, "Hey, you need to make this, this just holy. like I showed you." Holy. And what's on every curtain? What's embroidered everywhere? Angels, right? 
because they are surrounding, protecting, moving with the throne, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I like, I like what you're saying. Protecting yeah. people. From him, as well as protecting him yeah, from protecting the, the people. <laughs> so well, you don't have to protect God, right? Was, right. You know, yeah. Are we thinking that those are two different things, though? The creatures and angels are... Well, I think the creatures are angels in some way. In some way, okay. Right? I mean... Heavenly, there are at least three different ty- four, four different types yeah, of angels. If we, if we divide people into groups, how many groups did God say there are of people? Two. And they are? Jews Us and, and them? Jews and Joes? Jews and non-Jews. Right, Jews and non-Jews. So if we then back away and say, okay, well, what kinds of creatures are there? You've got those that can reason, those that cannot reason, and those who are outside of reason. There are animals, there are humans, and there are angels. And they're, right, completely. And they're all supposed to be separate. The Torah makes it clear that we are not to have any type of intimate relations with animals. And evidently there's a problem between angels and people. And we've, we've already read about some of that. So I think um, there's an abode, there's a realm for each one. And there you go. And isn't that what makes uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, Chronicles of Narnia so entertaining? that the animals have been imbued with the ability to speak, which gives them reason and puts them more on our level. And now we've got a, a full understanding of what could be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Great series, by the way. Awesome. Awesome. I love the movies, even when they got you know, the two little guys in the, in the lion suit. I just, I just get, I get a real kick out of it. Um, did that help with the, did yeah. that? Yeah. So I agree with what you're saying about the timing and what's happening and you know all that but I think I think it's after this I think this is more of let's set the stage and let's recognize where from where John's perspective will be for the rest of this yeah he's sort of on a stage watching a play point you know right. kind of thing yeah. okay that makes sense yeah okay Revelation 5 through 7 I wonder if we should reach you know can we, can we quickly read some of this um, especially for the, the folks in Gastonia that you know we're having trouble with that anyway. What do you think? Can we do quickly? Can we do that? It's a quick read. All right. Want to give me a quick five? <clears throat> then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back seven se- sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaim with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look into it. And one of them said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain, with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went with the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, "Were you to take the scroll and to open its seals? For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed the people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, 
and they shall reign on the earth. I have a pleasure right there. Um, four living creatures. Um, four is obviously the word for four, tetras. Um, living creatures is one word, just as it is in the Hebrew. Um, but I thought you'd appreciate this. It's zoan. And the word zoan is always translated as living creatures. It's, Zoe means life. It, yeah, it's, it's life. Oh, and, yeah. Right? Yeah, so there it is. Pretty cool. Okay, so, so zoology. Yeah. The study of creatures. Good. Um, so he ransomed. That's interesting. That's part um, of your question. This section right here. Yeah. Again a little bit, yeah. So we'll, we'll keep going. But um, ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Which it repeats in seven. Yeah. So would you say that is is that is that just Jews? No. That was quick. Can't be. Prove it's not. Well, I would choose language. Okay. The Jews were dispersed. And they learned the language of where Which they were. Dispersion? Are we talking about from I don't the Tower care. of Babel? I don't care. Oh, no, not the Tower of Babel. There were no Jews there. <laughs> so, in the, in the exile, uh, when uh, in the Assyrians, and then later the uh, Babylonians, okay, and now the Romans, uh, they're in exile right now, and they speak every language... Possible. If you go to, if you go to uh, Israel, I mean, you're you're going to get all kinds of languages. So that that doesn't. So language is out. So then, the tribe is out. This tribe to me would be twelve tribes. Well, every tribe would fit for Jews. What else you got? Uh, I would say nation. Hmm. That one, you might get some hay with. Or all people. The nations, all the people and nations. I mean, that's. This is the word that is normally translated as Gentile. This is ethnos. Is it where we say, and they bow to Bandinus? Yeah. So that's where I would say. Okay. I'll I'll give you a nation. Um, Yeah, the question I think is, are they drawing the people physically out of the nations? Right. Right. Are they drawing Jews Left Europe to go to Israel. Right. Or is it more that God's drawing people to be his own from among nations. Correct. It's, it could be either one right now, right? Mm-hmm. We So we're not sure just yet. It could be could be either one, right? Dispersed. It could be drawing Jews out of the nations where they've been dispersed. That's what we say in our prayers, the daily prayers, right? That you gather his elect from the four corners of the earth. Interesting. They list it differently in Revelation 7 9. They do. Let's finish 5 and we'll get there. Because that would prove, I would say, my point. Absolutely. But we got to get there. <laughs> uh, pick us up. Um, then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Where have you heard myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands before? Song. Yeah, right? So it's it's right before we start the morning prayers. And, you know, we're all wondering if whoever's reading it is actually going to read it right. And thousands, 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 myriads, and myriads, you know, and all of that. But this is a very Jewish phrase. It's been around much longer than the apostolic scriptures. Well, and so is this next verse, the... Worthiest lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. I mean, it sounds really great in Handel's Messiah, 
Um, yeah. This is very similar to a lot of Jewish prayers or if it's God. Talk, I mean, we pray in Shabbat, you but know. But he, he is the only one worthy of mm -hmm. all this. Honor and might and power and glory there and it so is. forth. Good. Keep going. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who is on the throne, to the Lamb, blessed, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Bam. Elders. Take six. But on that, I, I thought that was really interesting when there's there's encounters with the Lamb yeah. and the elders fall down and worship the Lamb. Because I was thinking, like, you can't really do that unless the Lamb is God. Well, I think they're stepping into a I mean, it's that just a, it's, we, it's a cool thing. You may not Right? Um, I mean, don't at we, one point, they really John, like put the crowns down before the land. And don't we have John being being told later on? Yeah, dump out to me. Don't don't dump out at mm. me. What's wrong with you, man? He's talking to the angel. Not here. You're going to be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a servant of the Most High, just like you. Don't bow down to me. But they do bow down to him. Mm. And yeah, thrown, their, their crowns are thrown down before him as well. And it's hard to find the land not referenced with him who sits on the throne. Right. So, good. Yeah. Nice nice point. Yeah. All right, six. give me six. Now I watched when the Faster. Lamb... Faster! No, now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come! And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. All right, I'm going to stop you. How many rides we got? Correct. Anybody see the uh, Clint Eastwood movie? Okay. Um, pill. Pill. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's jump to the ball. Side note, the multiple colored horses and riders does also make appearance in the book of Zechariah. Correct. Yes, it does. I was trying not to do a revelation study in a particular I, week. First, I, I, I've been holding so that. Yeah, I know it. We got to. Yeah, that's our next. Major class will be uh, on the end times, and we're just there's a lot of as we already mentioned, there's a lot of Jewish stuff, a lot of oh, Tanakh yeah. stuff, a lot of repeats from prophecy, and that's the beauty of it, right? Is if we can see, well, he's writing stuff that was, or for example, let's just back up for a second and go back to to the opening in, in chapter four when John gets caught up and he's there and sees all these living creatures and whatnot, and we saw it was in Ezekiel and Isaiah. How much of this would make any sense to you? If you didn't have other references to go back and read, you just think this guy was tripping on something. He had some wild grapes or something that just didn't sit where I was. Why do we have this in the Bible? But <laughs> 600 years before the Master came, Ezekiel and Isaiah wrote this down already. This is not the first time this vision has been given to man. This is, this is a repeat, just like with Zechariah. Yeah, and I think it's important to note the similarities because um, I think that reinforces the authenticity here. Sure. Otherwise, they would kind of be like, well, we don't know what John was doing, but somehow he all of a sudden had this crazy vision that's completely out of character it for would, It would also God. put us out of sync with mainstream Judaism. Right. Because, right. I mean, this is, this is more bizarre than the Zohar. I mean, this is just wild stuff. Well, uh, it's quite... More bizarre than so far, but it's actually not that much more bizarre than the book of Zechariah. Look, Zechariah is very weird. Exactly. So we've got Zechariah, we've got Joel, we've got Ezekiel, 
all of these apocalyptic type books, this one just seems to be focused almost primarily on. So, all right, pick us up in 12. Uh, verse 12. Yes. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, the full moon became like blood, and the stars fell, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree shed its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, and the great ones, and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Whose wrath is it? Theirs. Theirs being? The Lamb and the one who sits upon the throne. Exactly. That's important. That's important. Okay. Well, and I, the great day is also another reference. Exa- well, as you were full being becoming like uh, blood red. Joel. Yeah, and... Um, the sun becoming like black as sackcloth. I mean, yeah, we're there. So let's jump to uh, eight one. Incredible. Well, well, the stars. He, he keeps referencing stars. I, it might be because I just listened to an astrophysics book, but like, obviously, there needs to be some other way of thinking about that because, like, I mean, the majority of stars are far bigger than the Earth itself. So there's not. You know what I mean? Like when you say that the stars fell to the earth, it's like, okay, what, what are we talking about? Are we talking about like the little twinkly dots that you see kind of started falling out of view? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, that one, I, I, that kind of made me pause and go, what does that actually mean? You know, because yeah, well, a star is different than like an asteroid, a meteor, mm-hmm. a hundred pound oh, hail. It, it what, can look stone, like, an what, asteroid does look like it. What is the... From for just for your average plowman in the field, as uh, as the great preacher would do, um, are you familiar with that? No. no okay, yeah. Um, Charles Spurgeon uh, wrote a, um, a monthly booklet that was sent around London, and he would speak to the plowman in the field, yeah. and he tried to bring the gospel. And the, the message of the Word of God down to the, the plowman in the field. This is just simple stuff here. You don't need to get you know all worked up. He was and he was the prince of preachers because he had the ability to make it so simple. So for the plowman in the field, what's a star? It, it would be the little small twinkle, little, the little twinkle sky. sky. So true. what's the overriding theme in the last couple of verses we just read in one word? Take your time. Anybody can help me. I mean, I was... What's the overwhelming theme? Of the last couple of verses we just read. Signs in the heavens. One word. Combine those signs in the heavens into one word. I mean, one would be wrath. Another would be... I'm not saying wrath. Control. Not saying control. Um, If the, the average plowman in the field were to read these verses, what would he think? Disaster. Perhaps, but it doesn't say that. What does it imply? I suggest darkness. The okay. sun turns black. The sky's rolled up. The stars fall. Right? I grant, I grant you, people are afraid, but the bottom line is, in the heavens... 
darkness. Hmm. It's completely dark. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Now, if you want to talk about how big stars are and how far away they are, whether or not they can really fall on Earth, you know, I get it. But I don't think that's the reason. It's like, you know, uh, Joshua's always telling us, Proverbs, come on, we've got a proverb here. It, you know, it's not to be taken literally. It's to teach us a point, right? If we've got a parable, let's learn from it. What's, what's the point here? The sky got dark. Whether it was in the daytime or the nighttime, the sky, you're right. Every word you, you say, just... Things going on in heaven. It's control. It's wrath. Absolutely. What's, what's the average plowman in the field can understand? It got really, really dark. And everybody got really, really scared. I think that's what we should get from that. I think if you want to bring more of it into it, you sure can. But let's, let's leave it at that for now. Because mm -hmm. I think the more gently <laughs> we can go through, at least right now, we, 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 all of us will go nuts and we'll never finish. But... Um, and I apologize, by the way. I, I didn't realize we had gone so long last week. I mean, we almost, almost went two solid hours just with you guys talking. I barely said anything I could tell. Okay. Now you're skipping to eight. Are you done with the whole people's nations and languages? Well, I was just going to ask you, in chapter seven there, um, were there any, any non-Jews that were, were sealed? Revelation chapter seven, verse five. Caleb, have you got that? What's, the, what's the five saying? 12,000 from the tribe of Judah were sealed, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad. Well, go and take me all the way to eight, bud. 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon. Should I just say and, and, and? No, I think you should read the word of God. Tri uh, okay, so 12,000 from the tribe of Levi. Uh, I said Simeon. 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph. Whoop, whoop. 12 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. It's interesting. You were right. Why didn't John just write 12,000 from every tribe were sealed? Hmm. Well, it's not every tribe. Really? Dan is missing. Dan's missing. Joseph is We got 12. Twice. We got Joseph in there. But Joseph's in there so with his son, Manasseh. That's weird. Very weird. So, it's not every tribe, but it's 12,000 from each of these 12 tribes. So, that's weird. But again, my question in the study guide, got any non-Jews in there? I would say yes, because in this one it does word it differently. Okay. In, we have in this now, one. So, and, and so you've got some inferior word of God there? What do we get there? Oh, he's well, going to Verse. Oh, verse seven nine. Seven nine. It changes the wording or the order for what was in seven. What was in chapter was five? There, was there anybody in seven, five through eight? Are there any non-Jews that were sealed? It no, says your question was in tell. five through seven. Well, I'm just asking. But there, no. Okay. So Jehovah's Witnesses, they goofed. They did goof. It's a big goof, and it's easy to prove, right? If you just get them to read the Bible. So, in the study guide, were there any people sealed that were not Jews? The answer is no. Okay, so they've been sealed. Then, to your point, well, who shows up in seven nine? Peoples. What kind of the nations? It's the nations, and I'm trying to find it in five. Um, but there's a different order. I'm missing it, but now, but it's it separates it in seven nine where it says 
the nations, uh, catching back up to it, sorry. So the nations, <clears throat> from every nation, from all tribes, peoples, and languages. Which means all tribes, all peoples, all languages. Which, from your understanding that, well, if we're all dispersed, then you could have the tribes, peoples, and languages all in one group. But if you got but every nations, nation, that's completely different. And, and again, the word ethnos. So we're talking about ethnicity, and we're talking about specifically the word that the apostolic writers used for Gentiles. It's like goy. I would argue Gary. And goy back in, in, the, in the Old Testament. Where the fair sheep where it, he didn't choose from the other nations. Right. He chose this Correct. nation. Correct. And that word there would be uh, goyim, probably. Although there's one other word it could be. But it's, yeah, same deal. You're exactly right. I agree. This is not just Jews. So we flip it on its head. In 7-9, are there any Jews there? Yes. You sure? Prove it. I agree with you. I mean, because the... It does say from every tribe, from all tribes, um, I think peoples that's and languages. Point, I mean, right? I, I really, that, that is an all-encompassing statement. It so, blends both together. And I think what's cool about this in particular is that the focus, that's more of just a covering the bases of all the people it's referencing. But mm -hmm. then it segments out of all of those people, those that are clothed in white robes with the palm branches in their hands. There's a lot of symbolism there of why these people in particular are unique. Which people? The this group this of This group with of, seven nine. Of everyone. This multitude, this great yeah. multitude. Okay. So let's let's just take a real quick and I don't want to spend a lot of time, but you know, this I think it's pretty cool. Um do you know how many Jews we got in that you read? Seven, five, seven, six, seven, 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 eight. Do you know how many Jews? Whether you can do the math or not. Oh, no. Do you know how many Jews there are? A lot more than this. If we got a calculator, would you know how many? Maybe. How many from the tribe of Judah were sealed? Yeah. 12,000. And there's 12,000, and there's 12,000, and it's 144,000, which is where the Jehovah's Witnesses come from. Do you know how many Jews? Do you know how many... Non-Jews? No, doesn't say. Okay, so so we've got we've got a something. Yeah, you can't. It's too big that you can't even count it. What do you know by definition about that number? One forty-four. It's bigger than one hundred forty-four thousand because he counted one hundred forty-four thousand, but he can't count this number. Hmm. All right, so you got a number you count. You got a number you can't count. You got a bunch of Jews that are identified as Jews, and you got this group that's. Unidentified. Like the stars and the heavens. Maybe, you know, I guess there's several different ways that you look at this and say there's a definition here and there's non-definition here. It's nebulous. And I think it's nebulous deliberately. Are there Jews in that group? We don't know. Could there be grammatically? Absolutely. But one asks why there would be Jews there. If he was so specific about the Jews that Caleb read about. 
It's almost like he's deliberately describing non-Jews as best you can. Clothed in white robes, palm branches in their hands, crying out in a loud voice, salvation to our God, who sits on the throne. Now we know who that guy is on the throne all this time. And to the Lamb. And all the angels sit around the throne, they fall on their faces, and so on. Almost like he knew. One of the elders says to John, who are these guys clothed in the white robes, and where did they come from? And he says, sir, you know. What a great way to say, I have no idea. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. Wow. So now you've got, um, you, you've got the, the, the phrase. We, everybody talks about the rapture and the great tribulation. Thlepsis is the word you want there. That's tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, who are these people? Believers. In? Believers in Yeshua. Believers in Messiah Yeshua. That's exactly right. Are there Jews in that group? Yes. It'd be very difficult to not have Peter, Paul, and Mary. Well, well, actually Mary too, yeah. So there's singers. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So all the apostles have died except this one God. So I don't know the rest of them, but there's certainly, if I recall what we read, a whole bunch of priests and at least 11 apostles. And they're all Jews by definition. So now we know for a fact there's Jews in that mix, even though he specified 144,000 that was sealed. Everybody with me? Okay. Just, uh, 15 through 17 is a really cool description of kind of that idea of the world to come. Just constant, you know, service, worship, then also just like the cool, like, no thirst, no hunger. You know, like it's just, it's a really neat way of of describing, yeah. like, most of the people would describe him that way, but, you know, we would say, the world to come. Sure. That's a really cool, that whole description is really cool. Is it the world to come? It looks like this is before the world to come. Well, if you're trying to do some kind of sequential thing, yeah. sure, but could it be the world to come? It, Almost well, that, like... That's what, what I'm wondering is if there would be much difference than this. <coughs> Maybe not. Would, I, would it, you it describe like, the, the garden... As much, if we're if we're returning to the garden, it would have seemed yeah. much different than than this description. Maybe this no. is this this right. Would, this would be like spot on for that. I yeah. mean, even the whole like the springs that come out of the Garden of Eden, like right. the rivers, exactly. you hear like the so, rivers of the living so water. So if if this is a description of their lot, couldn't you give the description of their lot even if it hadn't been realized at this point? Yes, there it is. They will or they are. I mean, it's a reality. Isn't that how we're supposed to see our faith? In, in that way. Right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I was thinking that it would have to be the world to come because if the Lamb is present yeah. and those who have died, all 144,000 are now there, 
Would that not be, they have risen? Well, we don't know if the 144,000 are there. In fact, I would argue they're not. It says they were sealed. It doesn't say they showed up. Right? Yeah, it's the multitude that's there. Right? The it's the great, the so uncountable multitude. Okay. multitude. Yeah. Yes. So even if you have the multitude there with Yeshua, yes. then I think that alone, the fact that Yeshua is there, is either is the, the millennial reign or the world to come. And the reason that I was leaning more towards that, that be was same? because of this, oh, no. this statement here. It says, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. Right. And the reign comes after the tribulation. Well, you know, or, we, don't, we don't know that yet. Okay. Right? Yeah, fine. But yeah, I, I, well, my point is to try and say that if I describe you as the godliest man I know who raises his kids, you know, in perfection, it was, is that... A hope for the future? Is that a reality today? Yeah, it's both. And whether it's, it's actually realized right at this moment, it's certainly that future that you're you're hoping for and, and striving for. Same thing here, I think. Right? I don't think we have a time reference, right? And and that was my point. Um, can I ask a quick oh, sure, yeah, trying absolutely. to put together yeah. the timeline so I can understand it for reading through? Right. The tribulation would be Prior to the thousand year reign, Yeshua has come and there's tribulation, then thousand reign, and then world to come. If if you want to jump ahead to the next class, we're the next Bible study we're going to do, I would. Which I don't, but yeah, I, I would. I would, yeah, here. try to just give you one uh, thing. My perspective as we go through the scripture will be that as as the, the Orthodox believe, that man gets his, his tribe at ruling this world and befuddles it so badly uh, that his people are in, his people, whatever you want to define that as, his people are in such peril that if he had not, if Messiah had not come, there might no flesh be saved. That they will destroy themselves. So he comes and sets the world aright and reigns for 1,000 years on the throne of his father David. That would be the millennial reign. Mm -hmm. as, the, as the ancients say, 6,000 years for man, 1,000 years for Messiah, and what's the eighth day? The world to come. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? So what happens at the beginning of that millennial reign? What happens at the end of that millennial reign? And therein lies the stigma here. Because if you have war with Messiah cleaning house, as it were, at the beginning when he shows up with sword coming from his mouth on a, a white charger and so forth and all the saints coming with him for battle, and yet what happens when he gets here and kind of cleans up and throws everybody out of the pool? Satan, will read here, is bound for a thousand years, hence the millennial reign. But he is loosed at the end of that thousand years. So they might deceive ethnos, the nations, one last, last time. time. So they all gather in the valley of Har Megiddo, Armageddon. And they battle against, according to what we just read, God. Really. They, they lose. And they lose, right. I mean, we read the end of the Actually, book and we win. You know, it's a game of war. So, that was a... But Very poor choice. It was but, it's actually borderline um, comical the way that it reads. Yeah. They massed this enormous army, 
and literally in one verse it just says, and fire came from heaven and wiped them all out. And moving on. It almost sounded like the guys that were standing there in Korah's brigade. You know, it's like, listen to the swords fall. Right. So I guess my point in that is, is to give us all a moment of pause and some caution that we have a period that we're looking forward to that begins with trouble, tribulation, great mm-hmm. megas flips it, great tribulation, and ends with war. Right. So it's, I think, for most commentators, very easy to mix up. Which one am I reading about right now? I mean, there's a lot of people hiding. Is that is that the beginning or is that at the end? Well, then there's also the question of whether or not it's chronological. Exactly. Not every book in the Bible is chronological. Exactly. And so. so there we go. So let's let's take it with the grain. But does that help? That helps a lot. All right, cool. So it, seems to, it seems to give a little bit of timeline and then sort of reviews part of that timeline. Yeah, it moves in here. It definitely feels like it in moves here. around. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's... Okay, let's go through that again in more depth. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> and you're like, well, okay, now we did the seals. We did the, we did the, the trumpets. Now let's do the bowls. It's like, oh, and I forgot to mention, speaking of the uh, great city Babylon, let's just talk about that for a couple of days. Bam! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah focus, so focus it's... Focus on this and then focus on that. Exactly. So is, trying, uh, trying to keep it all together is extraordinarily difficult. Um, one, one of my favorite verses. When the Lamb opened the last, that is the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And what is that in heavenly minutes? Is it like benign? Let's see, a day is like a thousand years. Right. Yeah. So, so, so we're talking <laughs> we're talking nada, right? So which which what you an hour? The God shows an hour? I do, actually. I I've got a lot of thoughts about it. Now is not that now's study, not the time, but, but um, well, what, are, what, are, what are your thoughts? Why, why half an hour? Why and, and not just a half an hour, but the Greek word is there for the about. It's about a half an hour. I mean, maybe did John forget to check his watch? Oh darn! I was supposed to set a timer. He told me to set a timer, not to bow, and make sure you set that timer. Well, it was about a half an hour. I, it's on. Don't you? Do you find it on? Let's put it down. Yeah. Okay. It is odd, but the way you've always read it, and I think I can I can get myself into this mood, is um, so heaven is uh, heaven is resounding with praise constantly. I mean, that's what chapter four is all about. It's people a say this, place. and people say this. Yes. Another group says this in response, and they all fall harps. down. They got harps too. It's music, yeah. And, sudden, and so it's silent for half an hour, and I, I guess in my mind, like I can imagine John being like. It's like this dramatic event. The seals are opening. He's all excited. And then it's like, about half an hour later, he realizes it's been really quiet for about half an hour. All right, so darkness was the word that I saw when we were reading about the stars thing. What's the one word that comes to mind when you listen to what Joshua said and when you read this verse? What's one? Give me one word. Silence. Okay, silence words, <laughs> Joshua. Silence words. Really awe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I've got a little bit more emotion. Here. Give me a different word. Oh, word. Uh, well, go ahead with your. Sorry. All right. Fear. N- put the two of them together. Reverence. Whoa. Yeah, because it's like the service is starting. How about yeah? Silence before the service. Whoa. Oh. Well, you can't. Uh, right, because you got yeah. that awe. 
And you've got that almost a dread of, well, let me ask you this. You heard this verse. Did you see it? I'm seeing it in my head as I read it right now. I think What's happening? Still I'm seeing still. silence like you're looking down an altar. There's a silence. Okay. And then starts the procession okay. of... Before the procession starts, don't, don't you wonder? Don't you see the, the, what happened to make everyone quiet? Seven still with them? I don't think so. Well, it feels, it feels kind of like you want to. It's it's a moment that deserves attention. Okay. You know, it's like it's like this is right before that raid. No one's for these up in the seals. Right. So this is a huge deal. Well, they found the one person who can do this. Who can do so it now? In the midst All right. So so wait. Picture it. What what have you what do you see? Describe describe the scene. I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the roof. Well, I mean, not to, not to diminish it in any way, but it kind of reminds me almost like, you know, the uh, you're at the very end of the playoff game, mm-hmm. and the team is getting ready to kick the game-winning field goal, Yes. and someone who doesn't care about sports at all is going, have you guys tried the cheese dip? And everyone goes, shh, 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 I don't think it's like No, 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 my point is, no, my point is, though, that, like, everyone's, because everyone's like, we want silence. We do. We got to pay attention. I get that. I want to see so what's going to happen. So tell me what you see, because I think what they saw caused everybody, including the angels, those wings have got to be noisy. They see the lamb in the mist. What did he do? Front. What you doing? You guide them to the living waters and wipe away the tears from your eyes. No? After that. Why was there silence in heaven for about a half an hour? What is he about to do? Give the seven angels the seven trumpets. Before that. There is no before He's that. opening the seals. But Which seal? <laughs> so uh, the, the scroll. Final. Which seal? The, yeah, the end. It's the end. So you've got this scroll, and it is shut. It is sealed shut with seven seals. If you want to read what's in this that nobody could open but this guy, so we're about like and he bunch, he busts the six seals. It's like opening the last wrapper on the birthday gift. He's about to rip it open. It's seven seal. We'll see what's inside this scroll that's so important. Opening the tabernacle, no one could touch. He's got a scroll that nobody's worthy to open but himself. He pops six seals, and we read all about what happens when he opens that. Wow, that was awesome. But when he pops that seventh one, he'll actually be able to open this scroll that nobody's worthy to open, which means it's never been opened. And it's like, everybody's on the edge of their seat to watch as he opens the last seal. What is in this book? I think that's why there's silence. Silence makes a lot of sense if you are anticipating yes. the, like a reading of it. Yes! Something. Why are we going to open this up? Is it going to be a picture book? Is it going to be words? Is he going to read it? Is it a song? What's up with this? So everyone there has ears to hear. 
Evidently, well, at least, I guess the, that multitude, I'm not sure about the 144,000 yet. They're, all bets are off on these guys. All right, let's go back to the study guide when we finish tonight. I, I hope you're getting excited, by the way. Blow trumpets. There you go. I hope, I hope you're getting excited about the, the next, next study. It should be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about that mystery? Should we even talk about the mystery? Which chapter is that in again? It's in 8 or 9. I've got to find it here. Oh, yeah, it's in 10. Got a couple of woes. Now it's got to be in 10. It's in 10, 10 verse 7. The scroll seems odd. Yeah, and the scroll. In the days the trumpet called to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God to be fulfilled I thought he did just as he announced to serve the prophets. I know. Mystery of God be fulfilled. Yeah, so we've got the mystery of the seven stars in chapter one. You're right, ten seven, the mystery of God fulfilled. Seventeen, two times, mysteries written on Babylon's forehead, and uh, and then he says he's going to tell it the mystery of the woman. Okay, cool. I got you. So what is the mystery? Or is it a mystery? <clears throat> the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Well, I guess it's not that much of a mystery <laughs> if you've been reading the Tanakh. But that's that's the interesting thing, is it's it's a mystery because not everybody gets it. Not everybody understands it. That's exactly to, right. to Todd's point, those withers, let them hear. Yeah. But then everyone else, I mean, man, you read through and you hear all these people and you're like, how, how dense do you have to be? <laughs> like, all this stuff is happening to you. And then it's like, and yet another yeah. wrath, you know, wrath session. Boom. You know, and it's like, and if no one repents after that, and you're like, how is there anyone left here? <laughs> these Maybe Pharaoh was still down there. Yeah, Maybe. right. Oh, but man, it's, I mean, obviously. Sorry. Quite I don't see any movies matching Pharaohs still filming playing nearby. Is my voice exactly like yours? <laughs> More so than anyone else in the room, for sure. <laughs> okay. Chapter 10, verse, uh, verse 8. The voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me a little scroll or book. And he said to me, take and eat it and it'll be, it'll make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And oddly enough, he did that and it did what he said. Shocker there. You must again prophesy about many peoples and nations, languages, and kings. This is again a reference to prophets. Uh, I think you pulled up reference to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 3, yeah. But then there's Same also deal. a reference, I think, in Zechariah to another scroll, which I think also is bitter and sweet, if I recall correctly. I can't remember that one. I know that they find the scroll. But so, yeah, there's. Uh, so, yeah, this is not new. So, uh, you know, I guess what we should get from this is it's not new. This is. Right. This has been said before. So. If you didn't get it the first time, maybe you'll get it the second time, or maybe when you put them all together, you will. 
Well, I think though too. Again, going back to the same before, it it reinforces the legitimacy of of John and the Jewishness of John in his his retelling of it. The things that stood out to him were the things that he recognized. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we got the twelve hundred and sixty days. I tried to go through that with you just to tantalize you a bit with the three and a half years. And most people know about three and a half years and all of that. The three and a half years is 277 days. And there's only one place in the Word of God where um, the extra days that are missing from the 1260 days is actually mentioned. Anybody know? Anyone? 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 Daniel? Yeah. Daniel chapter 12. It's really pretty cool. Would you like to go there real quick? Yeah. Kind of, uh, kind of an interesting deal there. Most people just never look at it or never even get it. It's the last chapter in Daniel. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered. Nice. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Are there any Jews names in the book? Are there any non-Jews named in the book? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's an assumption on your part, but I like it. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life. Very nice. Somebody says the resurrection is not in the Tanakh. It's only in the apostolic scriptures. Has obviously not read the Tanakh. Well, sorry, there it is. And some to shame and everlasting contempt. Not just contempt for a little while, but everlasting contempt. We call that eternal damnation. And those who were wise, who are wise, shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Hmm. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. And I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and a half a time. Oh, that's three and a half. How about that? And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but he didn't understand. Then I said, O oh Lord, what shall the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Hmm. And we're buying seals. Nice. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white, and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. Those who have ears to ear, and so forth. In that time, that the from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, regular is the daily tamid offering. From the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there should be twelve hundred ninety days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives. At the 1,335 days. But go your way to the end, and you shall rest and, 
shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. Stand, meaning that you will be resurrected. Amazing deal. So you've got three and a half years, 1290 days and 1335 days, and we have 1260 days, and it's a lot of them. A lot of numbers. It is, and it's, it, it, this, it is astonishing to me that we've got this generic, nebulous description of this group of folks. We've got this very specific list of 12,000 from these tribes. You've got to the very day listed in so many different places. So where there wants to be, or God wants there to be specificity, there is. Where he wants us to not really get a handle, he doesn't give us the specificity. Okay. What I found amazing in reading this chapter is the how many, 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 many times deeds, righteousness, commandments, keeping the commandments is mentioned over and over and over again. The verse that you mentioned, I think, a couple times in the study guide was verse chapter 12, verse 17. Um, I'm still in 11, so don't hit 12 yet. We're getting close to 9 o'clock this evening. So. Yeah, we're almost done. Um, 11, let, me, let me hit 11, 19 real quick. <laughs> Um, with regard to uh, the book of Hebrews that we studied, hmm. God's temple in heaven was opened. Oh, so the guys that said that there really was an original on the top of the mountain and that Moses was actually making a copy and made it perfectly, they were actually right. There really was one in heaven. This is the original. God's temple in heaven was opened. And the Ark of His Covenant was seen within His temple. So we actually have the Ark of the Covenant there as well. Flashes of lightning, rumbles, peals of thunder, earthquake, and heavy hail, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. That actually, that reference, the, not the lions and tigers and bears, but before that, the actual scripture, talking about flashes of lightning, rumblings, thunder, sounds a lot like Sinai. Yeah. And at the end, towards the end of the book, when we get to the seventh and final whatever, I think it's bold, I think it's the last one. Yeah. Um, it says that the, the temple of God is filled with smoke and no one can enter it, which is just the of Exodus. That's right. So you get a lot of interesting parallels from, because the tabernacle in many ways was a traveling version of Mount Sinai. Sure. Um, and the heavens seem to be, which are the, the, the prototypes, so to speak, um, seem to be the, uh, seem, rep, are very similar to that Sinai experience with this temple tabernacle blended in how it all works sounds very multi-dimensional to me yeah but um but nonetheless yes the parallel is extraordinary the parallel is very 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 clear and, and, it, and now what hebrews is saying yeah now it, we know for sure if you just read hebrews you could come to the conclusion but when you read here there are two it's not symbolic right it's it's actually literal which without the book of revelation the, the jews figured that one out they actually say shocker that Moses is looking at here's the, the door and he goes how do, how do I make that make it like the one I showed you so God shows him the menorah yeah nice all right chapter 12 and verse 17 then the dragon who we read up at the beginning 12 9 the great dragon was thrown down who is that that ancient serpent who is called devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. Verse 17 again, then the dragon became furious with the woman, who I think you could argue represents the Jewish nation, went off to make war 
on the rest of her offspring. Hmm. Well, who are they? On those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua. A very specific group of people. It seems to be. That's when uh, Scott Martin and I were, were studying this, that was that was a game changer. That there there actually are people who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua. And I saw interest I heard an interesting uh, take on this from uh, from Jonathan. Um must be six months ago. He saw that as he saw that grammatically as describing potentially two different groups: those who hold to the commandments of God mm -hmm. and those who hold to the testimony of God. Interesting. That would That's give you a church and <laughs> and Jewish type deal and so forth. Church and state um, Israel. Yeah. So would you also look at it from an angle of you said? With the woman who is Israel, Christians. Yeah. And then on those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Yeshua. Were you separating that were you separating that out? I'm trying to make sure. Um, he separated them out and I think grammatically as I've looked at it since that time, it appears to be one group of people. Yeah. One group of people that has two attributes. They keep the commandments of God. And they hold to the testimony of Yeshua. Let's see, that's two. But would you consider that to be a church? I don't think that the uh, church, the visible representation of the church today, anyone in the visible representation of the church today would say that they keep the commandments of God. They would, they would not describe themselves that way. In fact, I've gotten long and fairly heated arguments with so strong members of the church. I'm not saying they don't have a place in the world to come. I'm not saying that at all. It has nothing to do with that. All I'm saying is their description of themselves right. is we don't need to keep the commandments anymore. The law was poor. Now we're under grace. They are throwing the, the law or the Torah under the bus. There's none of them that say we should keep the commandments of God. In the way this is written is the commandments. This would be the entire Torah. This would be the 613. This is the whole the whole ball of wax. Right. That would include the festivals. Mm -hmm. And it's a very small minority of the visible representation of the church today that does that. So is that then where grammatically you would separate the two? No. Grammatically, they are one group with two attributes, not two groups. Which describes you and everybody else in this room. And they're mentioned again in 14. They are. Yeah. So let's jump there and we'll close with that. You got the verse for me real quick? 14.12. Yeah. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, the saints, one group, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Yeshua. Hagias, the saints. The other interesting thing in 14, while we're there, I made sure to highlight this. So yeah. the angel flies overhead and proclaims an eternal gospel. And the quote is actually very interesting. What's your verse? So it's uh, six through basically seven there. So yeah. six and seven. Mm -hmm. uh, then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, 
Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. The interesting thing about that, I just listened to a class by Rabbi Solomon Katz and he was talking about how like one of the most fundamental things of, about our faith, speaking of Judaism, it also is one of the most difficult to understand and one of the most deep things to understand. And that's that God created everything. That God is the creator Amen. of the world. Um, he was even describing this dramatic scene where a particular rabbi had gathered together, like all his students and everything, and he literally just got up and said, God, the God we serve, created everything. You need to understand this. And that was it. But anyway, I thought about that because this is described as the eternal gospel. Yet there's no mention of resurrection. There's no mention of... You know, a lot of those like key things that we think of when we think of the good news. But it's so interesting because I think this is like the most basic of all of our understanding and faith. You know, like with Abraham where he's looking around, God's showing him like the stars and heavens and the sand of the sea. Yeah. Like it's it's understanding God as the creator of everything. What's Hebrews say faith is? He is. And he is the rewarder of those who seek him. And if you listen, read this passage, let's see if I can summarize this in a slightly shorter uh, statement. Repent, that the kingdom of heaven is here, which was described as the, the gospel. gospel. Yeshua's gospel that he's preaching is, exactly is repenting, the kingdom of heaven is here. What does this verse say? Fear God. Why? The hour of his judgment has come. I mean, we're talking about the, the kingdom is literally it's literally literally at hand right now like right now i mean this is like like a last chance so there is nothing else to do at that point there is nothing else to do but to amen and i think that was repent what, or die and that was what i was as i was reading the passage to highlight is again righteousness righteous acts of the saints keeping the commandments of god judged according to their deeds yes if you notice the books get open it doesn't say that everyone in the last book of life gets to skip out of the other books. They just get um, special privilege because they're in that book. That's right. Um, they're still judged out of the other ones. And there's this, um, the emphasis on righteous acts. But oddly enough, what we are missing is the list of what righteousness looks like in this book. Or the righteous acts of the saints. So the yes. only assumption is that you already know that list. That's right. Because you've read it somewhere else. Somehow or other, you got that list. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. And it would, only, it would be cruelly unfair of God to expect you to live the standard without having said what it is. Hmm. I mean, that's exactly right. A great summation. Thank you. All right. Uh, Okay, let's flip to 22 and just read that because it is a great way to end this. I hope you're going to get the time. <laughs> a great way to end the last the chapter. Last chapter. It's a great way to, it is a great way to end. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So I, I do want uh, and hope that you guys will take the time over the next two weeks to um, to kind of run through what we've, what we've learned here because some of it um, should be amazing for you. Okay, let's see. 22 chapter 22 and verse 1 and the angels showed me the river of the water of life to your point 
back to the garden. Bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Almost every time we get that phrase, they're together. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month, the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. That is the tree that we were not allowed to eat. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They'll see his face, which no man can do and live, and his name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Interesting. As you study Bereshit and the creation story, you see that there is light before there are actually light-yielding bodies like the sun and the stars and so forth. These words are trusty, trustworthy and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must take place, soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Taxos. So many, there's like a couple of different things that are like this, this idea of life and death. You know how now we see the tree in this one. I hadn't thought about this before, but the tree of life brought death when you broke the commandment. And, but it also provides life. Well, when did it bring death? Well, I mean, that in, in the day that you would be of it, you will die. No, that's that good news. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Well, but so but the it, idea it did bring death, and they were no longer allowed to have to eat of, of the of tree life, of life. Right. So, but then blood is kind of the same way. The imagery of like blood in the sea provides death, but that's it, we know from the Torah that life is the flesh. Blood, is in the blood, you know? right? Good point. But yeah, it, the, it's. Uh, I was kind of thinking about just that, almost like a paradox or something like that. You know, because that's exactly the Torah is like. It, it provides death to those that disregard it, yeah. disobey it, that's right. but it's, it's an opportunity to choose life. Yeah, too. that's the whole first half of the book of Romans, right? Is that the Torah has two purposes. One is to show us that we are without excuse before a holy God. And the, the, the commandment brings death. The judgment is there, it's listed, and it's clear. And yet, if you turn in faith to the salvation provided by God himself, that same Torah is how he wants you to live. Those same things that you were violating before, now you don't violate. So, all right, I think we're going to get you out of here at a godly time. Um, what does that say? That I can't read that far. Huh. I don't know what that means, but that's cool. All right. Joshua, you feel like praying? Sure. Close us in prayer if you would, my friend. Heavenly Father, just thank you for a chance to um, spend time in the back third of your scriptures over the last year and a half. And uh, just pray that you would allow the things that you've taught us through this uh, time to sink in and to change the way we think and to change the way we act and to influence us in our daily lives. Pray that you would help us to recall and um, re-experience your words and to not lose sight or track of studying it uh, on our own. Pray all this in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 Thank you. 
Today is uh, 39 days of the Omer, which is six weeks, five weeks and four days. Four days. And I can't remember the rest of that. The compassion one. May he restore to us the service of the temple speedily in our days. Amen. Salah.